Trading Jabs, my weekly market review, September 10th, 2023. U.S. markets found themselves heavily impacted last week by a number of decisions made from beyond its shores. The U.S. and China continue to trade jabs, particularly at each other's tech giants, and it's having an effect on the stock market. Apple stock is probably the largest holding in most investors' total market and large cap fund portfolios, and it fell hard, swiftly shedding over $200 billion in market value following Wednesday's report that China now plans to expand its ban on the use of iPhones to government workers at state firms and agencies. Apple currently earns over 19% of its revenues in China. The company's woes, which also included a tongue-lashing last week from U.S. regulators about being overly restrictive and allowing access to payment apps, caused collateral damage to stock prices in some other parts of the tech sector last week before staging something of a recovery on Friday. In the other direction, it was announced last week that the value of Chinese direct investments in the U.S. plunged to below $2.5 billion last year, That's less than half of 2021's figure and the lowest since Beyonce first gave her shout out to all the single ladies in 2009. In Saudi Arabia, an extension of the country's oil production cuts was announced and Russia confirmed export limits collectively totaling a drop of 1.3 million barrels per day worth of supply. That sent oil prices soaring to new highs for the year, directly impacting the U.S. economy. This adds further upside pressure on market interest rates, which continues to weigh on small cap stocks in particular, as these companies are more reliant on debt financing to fund their operations than large companies with greater cash flows. President Biden was in India, entering talks with other world leaders, well, minus Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, at the G20 summit. And a month out from their annual meetings, the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank were both subjected to a stern finger-wagging lecture from the U.S. Treasury about their increasing mission creep, notably their recent apparent shift to becoming climate change experts rather than financial and economic ones, distracting them from their core traditional roles of being laser-focused on global stability and growth. While futures markets remain convinced that there will be no Fed rate hike this month, they are repricing the odds for one at the following meeting in November to slightly favor a quarter-point increase then, and are also beginning to push out the expected date of the first interest rate cut into the long grass of the second half of 2024. The Labor Day shortened week kicks off the stretch run to year end, as well as the beginning of the traditionally rocky period that I mentioned in last week's report. I wanna clearly articulate the two biggest risks to the 2023 year-to-date rally that I believe we need to watch out for in coming weeks. Risk number one, inflation bounces back. If inflation doesn't just refuse to die, but actually bounces back, and the Fed has to keep raising interest rates, that will hit stocks and bonds hard, as stock valuation will become more and more unattractive. This is what happened in August.
and the chances of a hard landing will rise with potentially disastrous results for stock prices, as this scenario has simply not been baked in to where valuations are right now. Risk number two, growth slows too much. The US economy is losing momentum, that much is clear, and not of itself a bad thing for stocks in the short term. If growth data starts to implode, however, then concerns will emerge that the Fed has gone too far with its rate hikes. By that point, rate cuts won't help materially because even if the Fed starts slashing rates, it'll likely be too late by then to prevent a stock-killing growth slowdown. The three pillars of the rally that I always talk about, number one, no landing, soft landing, number two, disinflation, and three, Fed done or almost done with rate hikes, remain in place for now. But if either or both of these two risks come to pass, that would materially damage the entire structure upon which the whole 2023 rally has been built. And at that point, the advance will be compromised with potentially serious consequences for stock prices. I'll be keeping a close eye on the data that could give clues about these risk factors, starting with the latest consumer price CPI index of retail inflation and producer price index, PPI, of wholesale inflation experienced by manufacturers, both out this week. News was mixed last week. Stocks reacted nervously when the weekly jobless claims number came out at its lowest level for seven months, somewhat denting recent optimism that the labor market may be cooling down. On the other hand, for the third time this summer, Goldman Sachs lowered its odds of a U.S. recession arriving in the next 12 months to just 15%, down from 35% in March with only a shallow and short-lived economic slowdown expected for this year. Summarizing the current situation, the data is wavering a bit, but still hinting at a soft landing and disinflation occurring, but not as convincingly as before. Expectations are still for an absolute maximum of one more Fed rate hike, but the time at which we start to see some rate cuts is being pushed further and further out. Treasury yields, market interest rates, are near multi-decade highs. This current situation reflects, one, why we've seen a recent retreat in stock prices, with rising Treasury yields, but also, two, how broader fundamentals are still supportive of stocks around these levels. As such, this pullback is, at least for now, still more likely to be a consolidation in a still upward trending market than a fully fledged course reversal.